This is the Gopher Puck Live podcast, episode number 18, recorded Tuesday, February 28th, 2012. Welcome to this week's GPL podcast. I am your host, Jupiter, and of course, I'm joined by Hammy and Cardinal. I hope all is well with you two tonight. Doing well. Absolutely. That's great. Well, it was a big weekend sweep for the boys in maroon and gold this past weekend in Omaha. Games weren't easy, but that's kind of to be expected this time of year. You're always going to have, you know, teams that are desperate are going to play desperate. But uh, huge weekend, wasn't it, Cardinal? It was, you know, we are, you know, kind of the thought was going into the last few weeks here, at least for me, if they could have went, you know, four and two over their last six games, they'd be in a pretty good position to win the McNaughton. And they're, you know, obviously off to a really good start considering they've gone four and oh so far. And yeah, I mean, I thought maybe the Omaha games might be a little bit higher scoring just because I thought the Gophers might be able to put up a few more. And, um, you know, Omaha is a pretty tough team at home. I think I saw somewhere on Twitter, maybe from the use official Twitter feed that the last time Omaha was swept at home was in like January of 2008. So it's definitely been a while and it's not an easy place. Well, to for regular mention. season, that is regular season. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cause of course the, they were swept, but Bemidji. Yep. 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 So, but that's still way, quite the yeah, feat. It's, yeah. It's not an easy trip and you know, Omaha, they're fighting for their, you know, for home ice and you know, more importantly with the pairwise, I mean, they have a huge hill to climb even before being swept by the Gophers. So yeah, it was a couple of, you know, huge road wins. And especially after the, you know, most recent road trip to Denver, obviously didn't go all the way the Gophers wanted to. So it was nice to show they can do it on the road and uh, they'll be uh, in the Twin Cities the rest of the way, unless there's a uh, trip to Florida in their future. So it's, uh, it's all good for the Gophers. Yeah. I mean, for me, as when I look at the, uh, the series, considering what was on the line, you know, trying to keep that two point lead for the, uh, WCHA and then trying to you know maintain their place in the uh, pairwise rankings for NCAA's and the fact that UNO is you know fighting for home ice and they're trying to at least keep their whatever slim potential hopes for the NCAA's alive. Uh, you know to go on the road. I mean it's not easy to sweep on the road as it is, but then to have all that kind of riding on the series. Um, you know, I really think that that was a, you know, it was big. I was very happy with how the team performed, given all. I mean, we've seen so many times in the past where, you know, you <clears throat> the Gophers have an important series on the road, and you're just like, God, I hope they can, you know, just do do enough, do something. And and uh, you know, for me, I picked them as a split this last. I mean, split would have been fine with me. I figured, well, as long as we're tied with UMD, you know, coming out of the weekend, I like our chances in the final weekend. But. Uh, you know, to come out of it with a sweep, uh, that's certainly a, a pleasant surprise and very happy with the guys. Well, let's take a look at the weekend. Uh, Friday night, 3-2 to two win. Obviously, uh, a little-known scorer, Mr. Jake Parento, was the hero. What is going on with that? He hasn't done anything all year long, and now he's Mr. Hero. Yeah, I mean, he hadn't scored, but, I mean, he's a guy who, you know, he's always been pretty solid in his own end, and like Lucia said, and it's pretty obvious. I mean, that's why he's on the team, but he's kind of showed some signs, maybe not necessarily with shooting, but I can think of at least three or four where he's made some, you know, 100-foot passes tape to tape, and he's a guy that, you know, I've kind of come to love. Just, you know, you kind of like the guys who are underdogs, and, you know, obviously came in as not Mr. Highly Recruited or NHL Drafted or anything like that, but... I mean, he's been maybe their most consistent defenseman. And, you know, granted, he's on the, you know, 5-6 pairing, so he's not generally out there against the other team's big guns, which definitely helps, you know, how you perceive him. And he's not going out there against the, you know, crystal line for North Dakota or anything like that. But he's been solid. And, yeah, I mean, it's stereotypical or whatever, cliche. But, you know, it is sweet to see a guy like that who's worked hard and, you know, become one of the, I mean, one of the team's top defensemen, in my opinion, get, uh, get roared with a huge goal. And, yeah, it was awesome. Well, I think that, you know, the thing that people need to remember with uh, Parento is that he actually had a pretty good season his final year in junior hockey. I mean, he had 47 points and 55 games, you know, in the NAHL. And, you know, granted, it's not the USHL, and he was a 20-year-old player in that league and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, I mean, he's obviously got some offense to his game. He just hasn't really shown it in college, and he's not really being asked to play that kind of a role in college either. So, um, as long as he's playing solid defense, I think that most Gopher fans will be happy. But it's certainly, you know, for you know a reward standpoint, it was really great to see him rewarded with such a you know a key goal for the season. So we had the big overtime win Friday night, three to two. Saturday night, a little bit different. Uh, they got up, 
I'm not sure how they got up because it seems like they were outplayed pretty pretty well at times. But, you know, they still came out with the win, which I think is was a huge win that Saturday night. Well, I mean, from my standpoint, I mean, you kind of have to figure after a tough overtime loss, the other home team's going to come out with some energy, especially with a larger crowd that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Saturday night had. And, um, you know, Blaze is going to have his team. Generally, they're going to be pretty ready to play. And, of course, we talked about, how you know, Cardinal mentioned how they hadn't been swept, at least regular season-wise, in quite a while. And so you kind of have to expect that they're going to come out strong. And, yeah, for me, the key was, you know, when we responded to that first goal early on um, with Alt scoring that goal. And Where did that um, come from, by the way? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was going to mention, I mean, it, this, it was sort of in a nutshell what I think is so important for the Gophers in terms of their future is that, um, you know, we know we're going to get some scoring from the Bukestad line. I mean, that's pretty much most games going to be a given, but it's like this weekend, if you look at what the keys were, I mean, you're getting goals from an alt or Parento. You got one from Warning. I mean, you know, when you start getting guys, defensemen or, or some of those second or third line guys chipping in goals, that's when the golfers are really at their best. And, and uh, you know, it's a nice sign to see, especially on the road, and hopefully it's something that we can count on moving forward. Cardinal, yeah. uh, oh, I was just going to ask you, Cardinal, what about uh, Bukestad getting banged up on Saturday night? You, you concerned about that at all? Yeah, I mean, I definitely was at the time just because, you know, he had the, you know, you know they're pretty tight to the vest with injuries, but he hurt his shoulder or whatever it was and was, you know, missing practice time right before the World Juniors. And, you know, he went up there and played. But anytime you see a guy like, you know, the guy who hit him, that Turgeon, is huge. And obviously to knock Bukestad off his skates, you're going to have to be a pretty big kid. So um, with concussions and all that kind of stuff, you always get worried when you see a guy get hit and it doesn't, you know, it's not a knee or something where it's really obvious what it is. But, um, you know, Lucia on with PA today pretty much, you know, made it sound like it wasn't going to be an issue. And I guess after hearing that, I'd be shocked if he didn't play this weekend. And so that's obviously huge news because, you know, that's the, one of the biggest things the rest of the way is they need to stay healthy. And obviously a guy like Buke said you wouldn't be able to lose. But, um, you know, the other thing, too, from Saturday night was, you know, Rao getting a couple goals. And, you know, like Hammy said, it's obviously good to have, you know, some of the other guys chipping in. But at the same time, if that top line goes cold for a weekend, um, you know, this team, you know, just like any team where, you know, you have a really high-end top line, whether it's North Dakota or Duluth or on down the list. I mean, if that line doesn't show up in crunch time, it's going to be tough to win games and to get Raul rolling again. And, you know, obviously Bukes did miss a little bit of time there in the third period, but um, I thought Budish played well. So some of those guys and, you know, the Hala and Hansen line, I mean, it seems like those guys are good for at least one pretty solid game each weekend here the last month or so. And they've kind of got it ramped back up to closer to where it was at the start of the year versus kind of that, you know, December, January where, you know, the team swooned a little bit. And I think not directly attributed to Howell and Hansen, but like we've talked about before, I mean, those two guys are key. And if those guys are going, it makes a world of difference with this team. So, um, yeah, it's secondary scoring. The power play was good. And Patterson was solid all weekend. So, um, yeah, I guess there's not, I mean, like we talked about, anytime you get a sweep, you can kind of nitpick here and there if you really want to. But honestly, I don't think there's a lot you can point to this past weekend. I mean, maybe the second power play unit, which was abysmal thanks to a certain defenseman not being there and a certain guy in his place. <laughs> but um, other than that, I don't think there's too much you can really critique. I was really happy with the way the defense kind of shut down Omaha in the third period Saturday night. I mean, they were getting chances, but everything was to the outside. They were blocking shots. It was kind of this continuation of what we've been talking about this year, this team defense that they've been playing. Well, yeah, and I thought Omaha would come out. I mean, you know, they're down 3-1. to one. They're facing a home mm-hmm. sweep. I thought they would come out guns blazing, and the Gophers were absolutely bottling them up up until that shorthanded goal that Matt White scored. And then after that, you know, that kind of gave Omaha life that they certainly did not have, and I thought for sure they would, like I said. So, yeah, I mean, the Gophers came out, and they played an awesome period up until that point, and then they played back on their heels a little bit, and Omaha had a little bit of juice, and, um, you know, obviously they almost tied it up a few times. But, um, yeah, like you said, I was impressed with the defensive effort as well. Any final thoughts on the weekend, Hammy? Uh, well, I, I have to admit, I kind of loved when Blaze yanked the goalie on Saturday because it was just like, <laughs> I mean, you know, if there's ever, I mean, if you could predict that kind of thing, I suppose. But to me, it was just like, I would never want to play for that guy. I mean, you know, as far as if you're a goalie, at least, you know what I mean? It's just like, you just don't know when you're going to get yanked. And, you know, the first goal maybe was a little soft, but I didn't think Rao's goal was all that particularly bad. And he yanks the guy and I'm just like, man. That's just like how he was with North Dakota. So, you know, and I saw Cardinal mentioned it on 
Twitter as well. So, I mean, you know, from that standpoint, I thought that was pretty entertaining. Um, Duluth sweeps this weekend. Minnesota sweeps. Minnesota still leads by two points. Um, both teams have locked up the buys for the final five if they need to, but uh, it's still really anybody's uh, anybody's championship this weekend. I mean, Wisconsin's playing a little bit better. You never know. It's a rivalry game. Um, do you think uh, Duluth has any chance of uh, catching the Gophers? Uh, well, I mean, I'm just, you know, I figured we'd talk about that a little bit later. Well, I just thought I'd talk about it. it. Well, I mean, you know, for me, I, you know, from, from what I, I believe that St. Cloud's played, you know, they've been up and down a little bit, you know, but they've played a little better and they're kind of pesky at home. And certainly I think they've been kind of a thorn in UMD side at times over the years. And, and, you know, I, I think that there's still a part of most St. Cloud fans and certainly probably their players and whatever think that despite last year's national title, they probably and some of those still feel like they're on, you know, relatively equal ground to UMD. And I think that, you know, from their standpoint, it's going to be a big series because I think that they'll want to, you know, kind of prove themselves. And, and you know, they're not 100% out of the home ice race. They're probably a long shot at this, you know, this point. But um, I, I do think that they're going to be pretty pesky. And it will not surprise me if St. Cloud takes, a, you know, a point or two out of that series. And, and uh, so – I don't know. I guess we'll have to see, you know, but it's going to be interesting. Well, that whole middle of the pack is two points apart. We I mean, got CC and Omaha at 27, Michigan Tech at 26, and St. Cloud State right there at 25. And obviously St. Cloud's playing Duluth. Um, I believe Tech is playing CC. Omaha's playing Denver. I mean, it, it, it's not going to be settled until sun, uh, Saturday night. No, and, you know, real quick, back to the whole Duluth-St. Cloud thing. I know yeah. this anecdotally, it feels like the Duluth has really struggled in St. Cloud, and I'm just on college hockey stats kind of rifling back. And I believe the last time they won in St. Cloud, now granted they don't play them every single year like we used to, but or, you know, teams used to play each other seemingly every year home and away. But the last time they won there was in 2007, and that was the first game of that awesome three-game playoff series. They went triple OT mm-hmm. on Sunday night in St. Cloud, ended up winning that series, and Duluth went 1-4 and four against at St. Cloud that year, and that was their only win since. So it has been a place where Duluth has struggled. Now this Duluth team is a hell of a lot better and, than what they've you know typically offered the last five or six years, which that stretch kind of accounts for, but... Yeah, St. Cloud's got a lot on the line, and they're going to need to, you know, they're going to be motivated to get home ice, and, um, you know, they've got the goaltending, and, you know, I think they might be able to score with Duluth. So I think it's going to be an entertaining brand of hockey for sure, and, um, you know, obviously from a Gophers standpoint, you're pulling for St. Cloud not only to upend Duluth to help the Gophers out if we should need the help, if we uh, stumble against the Badgers, but also from a pairwise standpoint, it's beneficial if St. Cloud remains a team under consideration, and, you know, they're 26th right now, and they're two games under 500. So St. Cloud needs to do pretty well the rest of the way, and that would obviously help the Gophers out since the Gophers did very well against St. Cloud this year. Well, speaking of St. Cloud, uh, they went up to Michigan Tech last weekend and ended up splitting with the Huskies. Obviously, that didn't really help much in the standings. Everyone's still bottled up now. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, at this, that, that's why I was so happy with the Gophers results yep. because mm-hmm. of the fact that, you know, everybody is sort of just fighting it out, you know, for those. I mean, very few series last weekend really didn't have some relatively strong meaning to the, you know, placings mm-hmm. in, in the league. I mean, I think maybe even only the Wisconsin and uh, and Bemidji series, you know, didn't really have a hell of a lot as far as the, you know, the league goes. But in terms of everything else, you know, I was like, you know, I was, I'm not surprised, you know, that, um, you know, Tech has been pesky at home, and certainly St. Cloud, you know, they've played, I think, better. And, um, you know, I guess we'll have to see how it goes this weekend. But I think that, yeah, it was a nice series for um, both teams in some respects. Yeah, and I think, you know, you could right now, I mean, obviously the Gophers and Duluth are going to finish 1-2. But I think right now, I mean, the top four teams, the North Dakota, Denver, Duluth, and Minnesota, I think you could kind of put all the names in a hat and draw one out, and you'd be pretty happy if you had to go to war with that team the rest of the way. Just I think they're all playing pretty good hockey right now. But I think you can kind of say the same for the next four teams, too. I mean, with CC, Omaha, Tech, and St. Cloud, it feels like they always split against each other. And, you know, obviously CC is a team that was probably, you know, predicted to do the best out of that group, but their goaltending is – 
kind of failed them. Same goes for Omaha. We saw that last weekend. It wasn't nearly as strong as it needs to be. And, you know, Tech's been pesky all year and, you know, gives St. Cloud a ton of credit. I mean, they've hung in there with, you know, just a ton of injuries and they're starting to get a little bit healthier. But, you know, LeBlanc is obviously the key guy and he's not going to be back this year. But, um, yeah, that whole middle of the pack and, you know, that's going to be huge. Those teams are going to end up, you know, playing each other for the most part. Um, potentially in the first round as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting weekend to see how it, uh, it all shakes out come Saturday night. Well, CC put up a fight Friday night, but Saturday night they were taken out. But, see, uh, you know, Bulldogs still got the sweep. Yeah, I mean, CC does seem like a team that, you know, they're, you know, dinged up, and I think that there's – I get the impression that they're wearing down a little bit. And, and to be honest with you, when I look at, you know, who might finish – you know, in the top half, you know, and have home ice. If I were at a bottom half team, you know, that might be the one team that really might be not too afraid of going to their rank. And, uh, you know, so I don't, I don't know if they'll end up in six and who will end up in seventh or what. I don't know any of that, of course. But, you know, if I'm a St. Cloud or whatever, you know, teams in that range, you know, I wouldn't be afraid of going to, to Colorado Springs. I think that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, it, if it's, uh, you know, sh- some team upsets them out there in the first round because uh, they just don't seem like they're on top of their game. Yeah. And give credit to Duluth. I mean, they, you know, they're obviously have things pretty much iced away. I mean, they're going to make the NCAA tournament and they have the top two locked up, but I mean, they're going to give the Gophers a push here at the end. And um, yeah, I mean, CC is a team that's fighting for everything and, you know, Duluth took care of them and, you know, the overtime win on Friday night and for Duluth to get JT Brown back. I know when that injury happened, it was, you know, as always with college hockey, it seems like injuries are kept pretty close to the vest and nobody really knew how long it could be. And it seemed like it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So um, fortunately for Duluth, he's back in the mix and, you know, he's, you know, probably one of the you know, four or five best forwards in the WCHA. So to get him back for these final few weekends, is obviously a pretty big uh, boost to their team. What I think might've been the shocker of the weekend the Badgers won two games on the road at Bemidji. Anyone, any of you guys see that coming after how bad they've played on the road and how well Bemidji's played at home this year? Well, I mean, you know, I don't know maybe if Bemidji had a bit of a letdown after the Gopher series because that's probably for them mentally on some levels some, one of their, their most important uh, series of the year because, you know, I mean, it's – the Gophers and for them that that kind of stuff is very meaningful even if it's you know on the road for them but nonetheless um, you kind of have to wonder if there maybe is a little bit of a letdown and but uh, you know you have to give Wisconsin credit too they played well I saw a little bit of one of the games and uh, you know it didn't really seem like uh, you know Bemidji was really even in that particular game I thought Wisconsin played pretty well so um, I you know maybe you have to give them some credit uh, they haven't been very good at the on the road this year but uh, you know certainly they were last weekend. <clears throat> yeah, and it's weird with Bemidji. I mean, when they were playing the Gophers a few weekends ago, it was, you know, kind of one of those things where, you know, they had just swept CC and kind of look out for them. And, you know, the one caveat we kind of threw out there was, well, they've been really good at home, bad on the road. So it wasn't a huge shock that the Gophers took care of them um, with relative ease. But then, yeah, to see Wisconsin, like you said, Jupe, a team that is, you know, not done well at all on the road this year to go into a place like Bemidji. But, um, you know, he said, give Wisconsin a lot of credit. I mean, that's a team where they get swept at home by St. Cloud in really ugly fashion. And that was coming on the heels of being swept in North Dakota. And, you know, they could have easily packed it in, but, um, you know, they played Denver pretty tough and got a split with them at home and then to go to Bemidji and sweep. So um, they're playing decent right now. And, you know, hopefully for the Gophers, it'll be a good test this weekend. You know, whoever the Gophers end up playing next weekend in the first round of the playoffs, that's not going to be, at least I hope it's not going to be a, you know, big time playoff atmosphere, you know, that kind of thing. So um, this will be kind of a good test to hopefully lead into the final five. The Gophers are fortunate enough to make it there. And um, yeah, to play a rival at home with a lot on the line, it should be interesting. Finally, we have uh, the Sioux splitting with Denver at Denver. Uh, I saw quite a bit of the Friday night game on it was at NBC Sports Network, and I thought the Sioux looked really good Friday night. Uh, they they were just playing really well, shutting down Denver pretty well. Right. Opposite was happened on Saturday. What's going on there, Hammy? Well, you got me. I mean, ever since, <laughs> well, I mean, ever since you know that Gophers series, and granted, the Gophers kind of blew that Saturday game in Denver. I mean, that was one they probably should have won. Mm-hmm. But you know, we took the bad penalty late, and then we lost an OT. But Denver's been real up and down, and boy, did they look crappy on Friday night mm-hmm. against. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's a party of you know, you, you sort of. It's one of those questions where you're like, well, you know, was it uh, the Sioux were so good? Or was it that Denver was just that bad? And 
it's kind of, I think, a little bit of a combination because Denver looked terrible that night. And uh, they didn't look anything like the team that, you know, the Gophers faced, you know, at least two weeks prior to that on that Friday night. And and uh, so I was very surprised by that. I'm not surprised by the result. I mean, I picked a split in the series, but I was very surprised at how poorly, you know, Denver played. I'm granted they made it close, you know, very late, but nonetheless, they did not play well that night. Yeah, and on Saturday I got to you know see a fair amount of that as well. Just with uh, kudos, by the way, to FSN for picking that up and putting it on the alternate channel, the uh, Root Sports feed out of Denver. Mm-hmm. Definitely not something that they had to do necessarily, but that was a nice move by them. But um, yeah, I mean, in Denver, we saw it against the Gophers, where if you put Denver on the power play, I mean, they even without Zucker in the lineup against the Gophers, um, you know, they can roll out a pretty impressive group. And the you know, well, like a kid running the point, and the Shore brothers, and you know, then you add Zucker back in the mix. Obviously, he's back and playing now. And you know, you give them seven power plays like the North Dakota or like North Dakota did on Saturday night. Denver catches in three times, and that's obviously the difference in the game. So. Um, yeah, I mean, North Dakota, again, they had another, I forget which one of the kids went out, so they played a little bit shorthanded on Saturday, and they're, I think, pretty much down to no extra bodies at this point with all the injuries they've had, but, um, you know, their top line is, you know, arguably the best in the league, and, um, you know, their defense is rounding into shape, and like we said every week, I mean, it's, you know, you as a Gopher fan, you hate to see it, but they've been the best team in the league since that Minnesota series in early November, and, um, you know, they got Minnesota State this weekend, so they should have, probably have some momentum heading into the playoffs. Definitely. They're playing well, as usual, so people need to watch out for them. Well, we've been getting a bunch of questions via Twitter, so I figured I'll just kick them off here and read a couple of them off. We've got our buddy Goon from up there at Goon's blog at North Dakota. Question on the officiating. Do you think... No way. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you had to expect that, I guess. Question on the officiating. Do you think it will only get worse as teams are leaving for the Big Ten and the National Conference? Will the quality get worse than it is this season? Well, I mean, I think for sure that the refs are going to start targeting North Dakota just because the Sioux were, you know, pretty much the team that precipitated all this after the Big Ten. You know, North Dakota and Denver kind of spearheaded the national. And, yeah, I mean, I think for sure that they're going to start targeting North Dakota specifically. And, I mean, North Dakota's gotten a little way with a lot the last, you know, X amount of years. But I think they're going to start really cracking down on them and uh, trying to screw them over even more. I'm all on board for that. that. But, uh, no, you know, for me, I I, I – you know, we saw this just even this weekend, you know, that hit on Bukestad. I mean, it was kind of a head shot, you know, to this, you know, to his back. And the guy gets two minutes, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what in God's name is a freaking major and what's not. I don't have a clue. I mean, to me, that was no worse or no better, you know, than what Rao did. I mean, granted, it was late. And, you know, this one was more towards with the puck around. But nonetheless, it's still... I don't know what what's a major anymore. I just don't have a clue what's going on with the refs and what their reasoning is for a lot of this stuff. And so, you know, I mean, they mentioned on the broadcast, you know, if, if Rao's going to take a, you know, a major and the rest of the game, and then he gets suspended the next game after that. And then a hit like that gets just basically two minutes and nothing more. It's just like, you know, where, I don't know. I mean, so for me, I just get frustrated because of the lack of consistency. I mean, and it, I don't know if it's been worse or not, but I just think the more you, you put that kind of judgment call stuff in the ref's hands, the more frustrating it gets. So well, I guess thing, we'll see. One thing I think is just frustrating as well is it's not just the, the inconsistent calls. It's the stupid players. I mean, they keep doing these check from behinds, these hits, hits to the head. It seems like the players are not learning it either. I well, mean, there, there I weren't think, there three. There were three guys kicked out Saturday night, wasn't there in uh, at, in Denver? Yeah, and you know, I think that's right. And but you know, again, those Denver, North Dakota. I mean, that's you know, yeah, maybe that's the true. Top. But I mean, nobody. No, no, I I agree with you. But I'm just saying that a that's a physical series. But b I just think there's so much more talk of it now, mainly because at the NHL level, there's so much more talk of concussions and you know suspensions and the whole deal with Crosby. And I think that has a trickle down to the college game, and you've seen it the last few years with you know, the contact and the head penalties and more enforcement on it. So I just think there's just so much more talk of it that it really magnifies it when it actually happens. And, you know, I don't, it's not, in all seriousness, it's not going to get better or worse. I don't think 
It's just that, again, it's just a controversial topic at all levels of hockey. So when it happens at the, you know, in the WCHA, when the officiating is you know, arguably worse at this level than anywhere else, I think all fans across the board can agree with that who watch, you know, NHL or other college ones or whatever. Um, you know, it's just, again, it's not going to be good. And it's something that, you know, as fans, we're all going to have to put up with for a few years more, another year and a half or a year and a quarter or whatever it is. And then we'll see, uh, see how things kind of transpire once, uh, the Big Ten and the National, kind of emerge and see what uh, see what happens from there well and i you know to piggyback a little bit on that some of it is player i mean it is player stupidity in some respects and you know one that really comes to mind i watched the replays of the game tonight and you know as much as i love how he plays sometimes row you know the the penalty where uh mm-hmm. bukestad got tripped yep and Rao looked directly at the referee, saw that he had his arm raised, so he knew they were getting a penalty, and that the minute that the UNO guy touched it, the whistle's going to be blown, and yet he still takes a shot at the UNO player in the corner, and then he gets, of course, it was offsetting penalties, but nonetheless, it's it's stuff like that. It's like, guys, you know, that's the kind of crap that you have to just knock it off, especially in this time of the year when there's everything is so important. That's the kind of crap you can't do, and, you know, so I, I really hope that, you know, the, the coaches you know, sit down with like, you know, a row or whoever it is that, you know, makes plays like that. And just is like, Hey, look, you know, I, you know, I understand that you want to set a tone and whatever, but that's the kind of crap you have to knock off. And I mean, I've been critical of other teams players and, but you know, Rao kind of deserves it a little bit in that case. And, you know, I just hope that those guys learn from that. And, and it's only going to get worse. And, you know, when they get to the NCAA tournament and they're getting refs from other leagues, it seems to be a little bit stricter, and the Gophers seem to take a lot of penalties in the past in the NCAA tournament from lack of discipline. Well, yeah, and that's the thing you always have to worry about as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. You don't know. I mean, they're not used to how other league referees, you know, are going to call it, and sometimes, you know, the other leagues are going to call it tighter. I mean, we've seen that kind of stuff in the past, like you mentioned. So, yeah, I mean, you'd really have to buckle down. And, and uh, you know, of course, when you get to these kinds of important games, you don't want to be giving the other team man advantage and opportunities. So, of course, playing smart is going to be a big part of it. Got a question from BW4MN, a.k.a. Brandon. Um, what do the Gophers need to do to get a number one seat in the NCAA tournament? Final five and WCHA champs? I mean, do they need to get both of that to maybe squeak out a number one seed? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I have a pretty good handle on the pairwise, I think, but I mean, right now they're in seventh and there's only, I mean, there's probably a handful of teams that they just keep flat out can't pass due to their bad non-conference records. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you never know. I mean, if some of the teams ahead of them, you know, completely crap the bed here in the next few weeks and, you know, if a Ferris State or Michigan, you know, the CCHA playoffs are a little bit more drawn out. So if those teams don't even make it to their, you know, the conference final deal, Joe Louis Arena or whatever, maybe they'd have an outside shot at sneaking into that four spot. But, I mean, it seems like Boston College and Duluth are going to be tough to pass. I mean, if, if the Gophers can play Duluth and beat them head-to-head, I mean, that's probably the only way they're going to flip that comparison. And so, again, I'm not super learned on it, but it seems like the Gophers would have to, you know, probably not lose until maybe the Final Five championship game to have a shot at it. It feels like that could be kind of in the ballpark of what they need to do. Yeah, I don't even, I mean, I'm a complete idiot when it comes to that stuff, so I, I have no idea. The, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. You know, I don't really pay a hell of a lot of attention to that stuff. I'm just like, well, let's just win games, and whatever happens, happens. And, uh, you know, I mentioned on GPL, there's a part of me that thinks that the, the seeding stuff can be a little overrated because, you know, you're going to be playing pretty good teams. I mean, at least three of the four games, you know, to win the title, you're going to be playing some good teams, and – you know, I think when you have a pretty deep squad like the Gophers kind of have, you know, the whole line matchup stuff tends to be a little overrated. I mean, so I I just think it's, you know, let's just play, our, you know, some good hockey and have be, you know, going into the NCAAs on, on a high note. And if it happens to be that we sneak in and get a one seed that, you know, that's great. But, uh, you know, if we don't, so be it. Yeah, and just kind of looking, going through the grid here on USCHO, I mean, the Gophers, the comparison against Duluth right now, Duluth is winning at 3-2. to two. I mean, the Gophers have two points due to the head-to-head, but Duluth wins all the other ones. So, um, you know, obviously the Gophers would have a shot there, especially if they play them again and beat them, like I said. But, you know, Boston College, Michigan, and Ferris State, the Gophers are 0-3 in those comparisons. So that's three teams that, in all likelihood, it's impossible for them to jump. So it seems like the highest they could probably get is number four. And, again, that would probably have to, if Duluth didn't play well the next few weeks and the Gophers did and or 
the Gophers played Duluth head-to-head and beat them seems like would probably be the only way they'd be able to get one of those uh, number one seeds. And speaking of USCHO.com and the Pairwise, we're going to have the guy behind that whole site and the Pairwise on with us next week. Tim Bruley created the Pairwise years ago. Um, he's He runs all of the, you know, USCHO.com, and he'll be with us next week to give us a little insight of what's going to happen or what needs to happen, you know, for different teams, you know, to either get into the tournament or maybe like like you like you said and try to get Minnesota up in the ranking. So he'll be on with us next week. So um, it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. Hammy, um, people have been tweeting. Do you have any questions for us? Uh, yeah, man, I got plenty of them here. Oh, damn it. Okay, sorry, if my uh, Twitter just went uh, haywire for a I second. Noticed, uh, I noticed you were retweeting some. So yeah, well, one of them was uh, was asked by uh, what is it, JJ Kreitzer? Kreitzer? I don't know. Anyways, uh. Who is the one un, who is the one player that you feel has underperformed all year, other than Hall, of course, because everybody knows that <laughs> you love him. <laughs> he couched that because he knew that I was going to say that one. So, so what do you guys think? Underperformed. Um, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Cardinal? Yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, I mean, everyone's like... played fairly steady this year. I mean, we complain about Hall at times, but you know, that's just been kind of the thing. Yeah, I mean, when you're, you know, you're in first place in the league, I mean, there's only so much you complain about, can complain about. I don't know if there's one guy that, you know, you can really point to and say, you know, oh, man, he's really let the team down. I mean, you know, Seth Ambrose with eight points, and, you know, he's taken a lot of penalties, and I guess you kind of figured that might be a tough transition just because bigger guys tend to take a little bit of time, and, um, you know, with so many other highly skilled guys, you know, he kind of got that chance for the first half playing on the third line, but has kind of bounced around since then, and, I mean, again, he's a freshman. He's, the expectations aren't that high. I mean, I think of all the guys coming back that, you know, I mean, I think Nick Larson played really well before the wrist injury, and now, you know, again, I think he's going to give him a nice addition to the third or fourth line we'll see how that shakes out but if he's healthy i mean i think he's going to play the rest of the way and i mean territory has been in and out a little bit in the last few weeks but again i mean what were the expectations so i again i again aside from the freshman i don't know if there's anyone you can really point to aside from the aforementioned number 12 that you can really be all that critical of but really i mean there's no one person to go to like on the message board or wherever that people have been picking on this year I mean, Chris I mean, Harrington or uh, Harrington, a Nash. Fisher. I mean, they've. There's always been someone. Seems like every year or every kind of two year cycle that somebody picks on. And I mean, even when they had successful teams, they were picking on somebody. It's been quiet on that front this year. And I guess just you know, people were so used to losing the last couple of years that it's been better that they've been winning. Well, I think part of it also is I think the defensemen, usually when they make mistakes, it ends up in the back of the net. So that's the ones that the fans tend to focus on the most. And so even this year, I mean, you see comments once in a while about Marshall or you see comments once in a while about Helgeson or, of course, I've mentioned Hall a few times. And, you know, so those are the ones you tend to see a little bit more as the defensive players. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see a question question here from athletes number 45, I think. what would you say is the biggest reason for the Gophers' turnaround this year? And personally, I would say, you know, obviously, you know, players maturing. But as we've talked about the entire season, it seems like Gensel has really brought a new fire to the team and got them playing really good team defense. Well, that's the thing for me. I mean, you look at the, the stats, you know, they don't really lie. I mean, you know, they're, you're talking about a team that gives up just barely over two goals a game. And, uh, you know, that's a big part. Of course, you know, we've increased our scoring a bit, you know, and the young guys have stepped in and, you know, guys like Rao and some of the sophomores have stepped up in their play. So that's certainly going to help matters. But to me, the key is that, you know, the overall team defense and and everybody buying into the team defense. You know, I mean, it's not just the blue liners, but it's the guys up, you know, up front, you know, who are back checking and certainly making a strong effort in that regard. So, and, and of course, Patterson has played well throughout most of the season. So you combine all that. And yeah, I definitely think it's just the mentality that maybe Gensel brought back to the team that was missing in the prior years. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely, you know, the team defense, but if you look, I mean, the last few years of the team's leading scorers, you know, uh, let's see, where is it in here? So last year, I mean, Sipas leads the team with 29 points and, 
you know, Hopeful had 13 goals, and that's what leads the team. And then the year before that, Hopeful has 14 goals. They only have two guys with double-digit goals, nobody with more than 29 points. So um, it's definitely a combination of things. And, you know, to have, you know, a top line that's scary and legit and, you know, guys that are scoring, you know, Bukes has got 23 goals and, you know, a handful of guys with double-digit numbers. That's just something we haven't seen. So it's kind of a chicken-and-the-egg thing. I mean, it's obviously easier to play defense when you know you have guys in front of you that are going to be able to score. And, you know, so it goes both ways. But, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, if you had to point to one thing, it's the fact that, you know, this team locks it down defensively. And even though they don't have that All-American type on the blue line, um, they certainly have an All-American caliber goaltender. And, you know, the kind of the sum of the whole is greater than the parts when it comes to the defense. And, you know, I think you obviously have to point to coaching when that's the case. On the lighter side, Human Touch is asking via Twitter, please list the ramifications for the Final Five and St. Patty's Day coinciding in St. Paul. Uh, well, I probably wouldn't be the best one to ask. That'd be Cardinal and, and probably <laughs> Fire Helmet guy and Drunk Hockey guy, and those guys would probably be the best ones to answer such questions. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a shit show, right, because it's on a Saturday, which I think helps because in past years when it's you – know, Great, it's now i got to go back day. and edit the shit out too. Well, now you got to do it twice, sorry. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm sorry. Oh, damn it. <laughs> But, I mean, honestly, like, it's a legit thing. We've talked about it because, you know, if it's on a Thursday or a Friday, you have the people working and the games, you know, it's tough to get out of work and get down there super early. So it's almost better that if it is going to coincide with one of the final five dates, it is on a Saturday because then most people, it's easier to get down there early for work and you don't have the, you know, the working class folks down there, the usual Monday through Friday, nine to five slobs like myself that are, you know, kind of taking up parking spaces and everything else. So, um, you know, and it also hopefully obviously want the Gophers to be there, but, you know, it kind of is one of those things with Gopher fans who, you know, can't get tickets at Mariucci or whatever. And, kind of brings out the worst in them sometimes the St. Patrick's Day and the boozing and it's the only game they go to a year and they get the liquid courage and I think that kind of gives some Gopher fans a bad rap down there but um, you know they'll definitely be more booze flowing it'll be tougher to get into the bars and that whole deal so it'll be a little bit crappy I mean it's always better when that doesn't have the two don't coincide since obviously each uh, holiday quote-unquote whether it's you look at the final five as a holiday like a lot of people do or St. Patrick's Day they definitely don't need each other to uh, make it fun but yeah hopefully uh, hopefully the Gophers are still standing come St. Patrick's Day and then uh, no matter what it'll be a good day. Well it'll be what like beer darts and you guys will be out in the uh, parking lot drinking and all that kind of good stuff right? <laughs> oh yeah we'll have the tailgate fired up and uh, yeah I've, already, I've, I've been uh, designated to create the playlist so there'll be a lot of uh, the Top Gun soundtrack and oh, some uh, there'll be some good stuff in there so yeah if anyone Cardinals hears, uh, Country Clomp let me no, ask. No 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 I there'll be one <laughs> or two country songs I get that that's not what the majority like and that country is not really tailgating music for hockey so no uh, it'll be a lot of like 90s rap and that kind of stuff it'll be good you'll like it <laughs> joe likes hockey wants to know what's your favorite beer guys oh god i know i, I don't know that i have a favorite one yeah i mean Jen's i had my wine. favorite beer <laughs> i had a couple glasses of wine tonight but i mean i didn't have, i don't know i don't even know i don't have a good answer for that one uh coors light year round and of course. Then, well again i'm not high bro but i will say that probably my favorite is uh Sam Adams Summer Ale, but that is a uh, seasonal, obviously, by the name, so not uh, not readily available. So well, year-round Coors Light, but in the months of June, July, August, or whatever it is, it'll be uh, Sam Adams. I like some of the fall seasonals with, like, the pumpkin spice beers and whatever, so I'll go with that. Gin and tonic, gin and tonic, gin and tonic. Yeah, I got one from our friend Chuck Schwartz, Uh-oh. Uh, Mr. Wisconsin fan. Uh is there a line Lucia will match up with Zengerli's unit, or will the Gophers simply roll through their lines? Um, I would assume it'll be the Condon and Matson pair. I mean, you saw those guys, and, you know, Sacchetti's been on the wing, and he's been okay, but I, I don't know. Not, nothing against Nico, but I wouldn't mind if there was somebody else in that spot, whether it's Nick Larson or somebody else rolls in there here um, over the final few weeks. But, I mean, you know, Condon and Matson are, you know, obviously have the speed and the strength and, um, you know, they're the team's top penalty killers. And you saw those guys matched up a lot against Omaha's top line last week. So, um, you know, with the Gophers having the final change, I mean, it's college is a little bit different. You know, in the NHL, obviously, you see it a lot more where teams match lines in college. It is rolling more. So I, I don't know. I guess it's 50-50. Lucia, sometimes he does it, sometimes he you know, does. So, um, but if you, if anyone did, I mean, it would be the, you know, put Condon and Matson out there to lock horns with those guys and kind of see what else, uh, what else happens with the other lines. 
Yep, I agree 100% with that. If I was going to guess, if we were going to try to match up lines, I'm not saying we're going to, but if that was going to be the plan, I would definitely say that it would be the uh, Matson Condon line because those guys are, you know, some of the best penalty killers on the team and some of their best, uh, you know, Condon's a very good two-way forward, but, you know, you know, Matson's very good defensively, so that would be my guess as well. So we take a look at this week, guys. Okay, I guess I'm not going to miss off some of these questions. Hopefully, oh, there, there's quite a few about. Man. Well, I requested it, so then I guess some of these people took the. Well, well let's let's catch a few more questions a little bit here. Let's get into this week's stuff. Um, UNO at home at Den with Denver. Obviously, these teams are. Uh, well, let me see here. They are. Yeah, they they, they can't catch each other, obviously, but uh, Denver is needs to get at least one win or at least one point to stay ahead of North Dakota. So what do you guys think about this? Well, I mean, we obviously have a pretty good feel for both teams since we played them recently. And, you know, I honestly don't know entirely what to expect. I mean, I've UNO has been just so inconsistent all year long. And, I mean, with the goalie stuff, it's, you know, who knows who's going to be playing and if he's going to be playing well or not. And, um you know, I think Denver on paper certainly has more talent, so I kind of, I kind of expect it to, at a minimum, be a split. And I think that uh, Denver is more likely of the two teams to come out with more points. And um, you know, I thought you know, the one thing I when I watched UNO last weekend, you know, with the Gophers, they're very, of course, skilled up front, you know, but they they seem, you know, they have big guys in the defensive unit, but they sort of seem to lack a little bit of mobility, and uh, you know, some of the puck movement from the you know, defensive group. So I kind of wonder if maybe if Denver can get the four check going, you know, if they'll be rolling on uh, UNO. So it'll be interesting, but I guess right now I'd go with the split. Yeah. I mean, Denver took three or four from them earlier this year, but that was when Omaha's goaltending was in complete turmoil. Whereas now it's, you know, it's decent, but you know, we saw who knows with plays and what he's going to do. I thought Massa played pretty well this weekend, but obviously he got the hook on uh, hook on Saturday night, but um, yeah, I mean, Omaha's got two wins in their last nine, and you know a lot of those were on the road, granted, and they are typically a better team at home. So, yeah, I mean, I would assume that a split here. I think Denver's probably a little bit deeper up front. The top lines kind of cancel each other out, and um, but I think Denver might have a little bit there. And, again, to have a guy like Lalegia on the back end for Denver, I mean, that makes such a difference, and you see him you know, against the Gophers. But the same thing against North Dakota. I mean, a kid like that, you know, controlling the power play, and, um, you know, that can be the difference in a you know, pretty even game like this. Well, what could be the biggest series besides Minnesota's this weekend is UMD heading to St. Cloud. No home and home. They're both in St. Cloud this time. Yeah, and like I touched on earlier, we you know talked about a little bit, it's been a place where Duluth hasn't had a hell of a lot of success. Like I said earlier, I think one win since 07 or something like that. And, um, you know, St. Cloud, you know, backs are against the wall. I mean, they're a team that's going to have to win the Final Five if they're going to make the NCAA tournament. But, um, you know, they've been solid here the last, you know, little while. I mean, they got swept by the Gophers. But aside from that, I mean, they've managed to get points, I mean, pretty much every weekend dating back to, you know, December, I believe. So, um, you know, again, I don't see a sweep either way here. And, you know, from the Gopher perspective, you want to pull for St. Cloud hard this weekend for a variety of reasons we touched on earlier. And, um, yeah, I mean, Duluth, they swept Colorado College, but prior to that, they've been scuffing a little bit. And, you know, they lost that point to Mankato. So, um, if I had to go on a prediction, I'd say maybe three points for Duluth. And uh, But, again, it wouldn't shock me if St. Cloud is able to, uh, you know, take a win from them. Yeah, I'm going to go with a split in this series just simply because I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, St. Cloud does look at this as an important series, especially now that Duluth has got a national title under their belt. And, um, you know, I think that, like I mentioned earlier, I think that on some levels their fans still feel like, you know, we're still on equal footing, you know, even though, of course, you know, Duluth's got a lot more history and trophies in their you know, trophy case. I, I just think that that's the mentality. I, I get the feeling from St. Cloud fans. And I think that they want to prove that, you know, and they're going to be, of course, conference mates in the future. And, uh, you know, I, you know, they're getting a little healthier and uh, St. Cloud, you know, Mike Lee, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get with him sometimes, but I think that uh, they've got enough offense and enough goaltending where um, it, it won't shock me if they take one of those games. Okay. Um, Mankato heading to North Dakota. Cardinal. 
Well, Mankato, they've been a pretty tough team. You know, they're another one of those that's kind of was banged up the first half of the year and they've gotten healthy and, um, you know, they've got, you know, maybe just kind of glancing at it here, maybe not a winning record, but they've done pretty well recently. And, um, you know, they most recently you know, lost and tied against Duluth at home and then had last weekend off. And, um, you know, it's going to be a tough series when, you know, Mankato goes up there. They're not afraid of North Dakota and they've had some pretty physical battles over the years. But, um, you know, all that being said, Mankato, a good team. And, um, you know, this could be a preview of a first round matchup too i think if things you know kind of fall the right way or wrong way depending on how you look at it but um with you know the way north dakota has been rolling and i think they're you know right on the pairwise bubble right now so you know they have plenty of motivation not that they would have needed any otherwise but um you know i would expect maybe north dakota to take it to them one night and the next night to or the other night whichever one it's going to be to be a little bit closer but um you know i'd be pretty surprised if north dakota didn't take four points from them this is for my friend goon I think that Mankato is just going to kick the crap out of UND in Grand Forks. <laughs> I think it's not even going to be close. My prediction is 8 nothing for Mankato the first night and like 11-0 second night. Wow. Goon no, must be down on his team. Jeez. No, I don't know. He, and I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I know that Mankato's actually played uh, North Dakota. You know, they've been pretty kind of pesky from what I remember, you know, in the past. And so I'm sure it's going to be a hard-fought series. And I think, you know Mankato's got enough offense that they can make it interesting, you know, especially, I mean, you saw what happened when they played Duluth that second game. I mean, you know, Duluth probably had that game in hand, but they made it, you know, they tied them late. And I I just think that uh, you can't, you know, you can't rest on your laurels, so to speak, against Mankato. So I think that uh, I I do believe that North Dakota will sweep that series. But, uh, you know, you can't uh, take Mankato lightly if you're a Sioux fan. Goon seems to have gotten a little laugh out of that. Um, an interesting series, Michigan Tech heading to Colorado Springs, um, one point apart with these two teams. Tech has a chance to be a, uh, to get home ice if they can play well against CC this weekend. I mean, when's the last time that Tech had home ice? I mean, have they ever had home ice since this format has begun? I mean, check the history books. (laughs) Check the history books. I mean, they've obviously been to the final five a few times. But those have always been upsets. So what do you think about this series? My feeling is, I mean, it'll more than likely probably be a split. I'm not convinced with either. I mean, you know, Tech can be pesky. Colorado College, I don't know what to think of them. They've been really just inconsistent. And I know some of it's injury-related and whatever. But, um, you know, I I really don't think that there's going to be a hell of a lot of change in, in the standings between these two. I, I just have a feeling it's going to end up being a split. And, you know, if I were, like I said earlier, if I were one of those teams kind of in that, you know, seven, eight range, whatever it might be, I would not be afraid to go to Colorado College in the first round to play them on the road. I, I think that they're, to me, in my opinion, the one team that looks ripe for the picking as far as an upset in the first round. And uh, so I don't, I don't know what to say, but I think it's probably going to be a split. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I mean, CC, it's kind of gone off the rails from here. They have one win in their last, what is it, six, seven games. And um, it seems like, you know, the goaltending's really fallen off since they go for series. And, you know, they it was really good that series. And now, you know, Howell's kind of back in the mix. And um, But if you're not getting goaltending this time of the year, you're in a lot of trouble. And, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, they have the big sheet out there. And CC's definitely got more skill up front. So, um, you know, we'll see how Tech's able to adjust to that. So, yeah, I mean, I would just, like Hammy said, I would assume this one will end in a split as well. Um, I don't know. I think that Tech, if if they even get one win, they could still sneak in and get a top six spot. I mean, Denver could sweep Omaha, and that's all they would need, just one win on the weekend, and they're in that sixth spot. So uh, we could have history this weekend with with, with Tech. I'd pull for them, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I actually kind of wouldn't mind seeing them, you know, get rewarded for the season they've had. So, you know, I wouldn't be upset if they got that. I mean, so. it's been quite a turnaround, and it's it's good to see their program at least appearing to be on the rise. So, anyone care about Bemidji heading to Anchorage? Not truly, but I would probably say that uh, Bemidji's <laughs> gonna, Bemidji with the sweep. You yeah, think so? Hopefully. Really? Yes, I do believe that. I don't know. I think Bemidji's, you know, it's, you know, the end of the season. Um, they've struggled recently. And now, you know, they got to head thousands of miles up to Anchorage when they probably won't see light most of the weekend. I think it might be a tough weekend from up there. Up there. Well, the way I look at it, though, is that they can catch Wisconsin. 
and they have a real outside chance of it. I don't know what the tiebreaker is with St. Cloud, but mm-hmm. you know they could. I mean, they could move up a spot or two, and you know. So I, and, I mean, they have something to play for, and let's face it, Anchorage doesn't. You know, they're brutal. They're going to be last place, and whoever wins the league, you know, outside of you know between the Gophers and Duluth, that's where they're going to be. So I mean, they're more than likely their season's going to be over in two weeks. So I just think that you know Bemidji has a little bit more to play for. Okay. Right. Yeah, not much else to add. I mean, I would <laughs> <laughs> again. What else is there to really say between the two? Um, You're not yeah, breaking hope... down like third line matchups in this series or anything like that. <laughs> Look for uh, Brad Hunt. He's going to have a huge weekend. That's my prediction. <laughs> well, obviously, it's the final weekend of the year, and the Badgers are coming to town. Looks like. Let me see. Let's look at the series. Um, overall, Minnesota's leading the series one fifty three, eighty four and twenty. The last ten meetings have been right down the middle. Now uh, four four and two in the last ten meetings. Looks like both games will be on ES or not ESPN uh, FSN Plus this weekend. So have fun finding it, or you might have a hard time finding it in HD, which I've heard some people having those kind of problems. Let's kick it off, Hammy. What do you think? Well, I mean, we kind of touched on earlier uh, Wisconsin's road woes. You know, granted, they did sweep last weekend on the road against Bemidji, so you kind of have to give them credit for that. But, um, you know, Wisconsin's decent offensively. They're close to, what, I think, like three goals a game. And, uh, you know, but they really, the the big problem, it seems to be, you know, they haven't been their usual selves in in terms of prior years in terms of defense. And uh, they give up close to three goals a game. Uh, their penalty kill is statistically is one of the worst in college hockey. Um, and, you know, and this, so this is a series the Gophers should get some scoring opportunities, you know, in their first two or three lines. And Wisconsin's goalies are relatively young. Um, you know, Rumpel's got decent numbers. They're not great, you know, t- uh, 2.7 goals against and 91 save percentage. So, I mean, you know, they're he's not bad. But, you know, for me, the way I look at it, you know, I was looking at some of Wisconsin's statistics and, uh, I think it's very important for the Gophers to get off to a pretty good start. They've been doing that in recent games for the most part. Um, Wisconsin's got a very poor record when they're tied or behind after the first period. I think they're, I think it was like eight wins, 14 losses, one tie, and, and you know, in those games. Uh, so, you know, it certainly would be the Gophers' advantage to uh, get off to a good starts in, you know, both games. Um, if they're focused and, you know, they play smart and uh, with a lot of energy, I really believe that uh, they should sweep the series. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get in a rivalry series. And I am kind of glad, to be honest, that they're playing, you know, one of their top two rivals in this series because I know that they're not going to sleepwalk their way through it and screw something up, you know, through a lack of effort. I think that, you know, they'll bring, you know, their effort in, in a series like this. So uh, I am predicting a sweep. Uh, hopefully that'll come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, Hammy pretty much touched on it. You know, the Gophers definitely have the advantage, you know, pretty much in all areas. I mean, you know, on the blue line, maybe it's kind of even. But again, I mean, you look at the numbers and, you know, what you, you know how you want to look at it. But, you know, in net, the Gophers have a huge edge and that kind of, you know, can kind of muddle things in terms of what you have on the defense. Obviously, the Gophers don't have anyone like Schultz, but, um, you know, he's a game breaker. And, you know, the same thing goes for Wisconsin's top line. I mean, they definitely don't have the depth that the Gophers do. And so, um, you know, could Wisconsin's, you know, top guys go off on one night and really make it tough on the Gophers? Absolutely. I mean, they do have the talent and they have been playing a little bit better. But, um, you know, Wisconsin's been abysmal on the road, short of, you know, what they did last weekend at Bemidji. And, um, you know, I think for the Gophers, and Lucia touched on this with PA this weekend, it's, you know, you almost worry about them being a little bit too amped this weekend, especially Friday night, just given what's on the line and, you know, the fact that they can hang a banner this weekend. And, you know, that's a big thing. And, you know, you worry about them maybe being a little over anxious or whatever it is, especially against Wisconsin, you get guys running around or getting out of position or taking penalties. So, um, you know, like Lucia said, it's definitely cliche, but hopefully they just play their sound defensive game that they've done. And, um, you know, hopefully they can get a lead too. I mean, Wisconsin, they're maybe not the, you know, total trapping defensive minded team that they have been in the past, but you know, it's definitely going to be easier to play against a team like them. If you can get out and, you know, put two quick goals up or, something to that effect. And again, with Sangerly and Barnes and Mersh on that top line, I mean, that's a legit top line. And, um, you know, you're probably not going to be able to shut them down for the weekend, but, you know, if you can kind of limit them or, um, you know, not let them go too crazy, you like to think that the Gophers, you know, top three lines would be able to be a lot better than Wisconsin's top three lines if, you know, the top you know line for each team can negate each other or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would, I'll say three points for the Gophers. I think Wisconsin will make it tough on them one night. 
But um, it wouldn't shock me at all if the Gophers came out and played, you know, one of their top series of the year, just, again, just based on what's on the line for them. Well, as Hammy requests, I'm picking a sweep. Um, I, it's going to be a two or three goal game both nights. I'm just going with it. Why not? <laughs> Big old sweep. They're going to take home the McNaughton Friday night. They're going to hold on to it, and they're not going to let Duluth have it. Okay, so I, I've had this question posed to me by two different people now. If the Gophers win on Friday night, do they present the trophy to them that night then, or do they wait till Saturday to see what the end result is for, you know, the entire league? You know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. I've, heard, I've seen this question too. I mean, obviously if they win Friday night, you would think they would be able to, you know, they're, all, they're champs. They would be either at least they'll either be outright or they'll be tied. So they'll, they'll be champs. The other question I have heard is like, you know, obviously if they win Friday night, and lose Saturday, and Duluth wins both games, they would also be co-champs. Would they get to celebrate on St. Cloud Ice? I've heard different stories. Like, typically they don't let teams or road teams celebrate the cup on on road territory. Anybody know? Cardinal, do you have any insight on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think back. I think Denver and CC might have tied for the league title a few years ago, but I can't, you know, obviously with those, you know, the games not being on TV here or anything, it's tough to kind of think back to what happened there. I mean, I would assume for the Gophers on Friday night, I wonder if that comes down to Lucia and if he'd want them to have that moment with, you know, obviously still being, you know, depending on what's going on in St. Cloud and what could happen on Saturday night, um, you know, it could be kind of weird. So I almost wonder if that comes down to just Lucia or the coaching staff kind of making that decision. I would assume that if that's what it comes down to, that it would probably be a no-go and they'd wait till Saturday just to, you know, because you, know, you don't want that kind of distraction or, you know, the – kind of the finality of winning the league and then oh by the way we got to come back and play a huge game Saturday night for you know pairwise implications and everything else so um, as cool as that moment would be on Friday night if you know it gets to the point where Duluth wins and the Gophers win and the Gophers you know secure the tie now if you know Duluth somehow loses or you know ties or whatever and the Gophers win then I'm all for it and reward the kids for playing hard and everything else and let them have that moment but um again i don't know i think it's you know i wouldn't like you said it wouldn't surprise me if it came down to each school or coaching staff or whatever in terms of how they want to handle that well the other thing to remember is that that duluth st cloud game is starts a half an hour after the gophers do so the gophers are going to be more than likely that game's going to be finished by the time Mm -hmm. you know duluth and st cloud are still playing so it might be a case where they're sitting around you know, waiting to see what happens in that, you know, game. And maybe then they celebrate, you know. You know it's happened it's, before. Yeah, I mean, so that. It that, happened. I think it happened against Wisconsin, didn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I think yep. it happened once. I remember something like that before. So it could be one of those cases where they're sitting around for a half an hour or whatever just to see what happens in that particular game. And if it so happens that St. Cloud wins, you know, maybe they do do something that night. I don't know. Well, they're going to win it this weekend either way, so. That's just the well, way. I hope you're right. That's just the way it's going to go. I'm trying to be Mr. Positive here. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, Minnesota State of Hockey tweeted that Michigan Tech last had home ice in 1993 when they finished fourth in the WCHA. 93. Yeah, everyone remembers that, that year, don't they? That was back when Northern Michigan was in the league, right? I believe might have been their might have been their last year or close to it, wasn't it? I don't know, it was in around that range. Did Tech leave for a couple – didn't they leave for like a year or two and come back? I, my my brain's foggy. Too much gin, I guess. Hammy, do you have any other questions you want to bring up that people have tweeted? Uh, let's see here. Um, I noticed Goon did straighten you out by saying, you know, UND has won eight straight against Mankato and are 14-1-1 one one in the last 16. So Okay, well, I haven't – it's not like I'm like uh, <laughs> oh, I know. studying my UND statistics <laughs> every week, so I can't say – I'll take his word for it. But I just know that they were pesky at one point. Maybe they're not any longer, but, um, but nonetheless. Um, uh, you know, somebody did ask um, – you know, about the uh, NCAAs and whether, you know, what are my thoughts or what are our thoughts about, you know, possibly being in the same regional as, you know, in North Dakota or, or you know, Duluth or whatever it might be. I, you know, I, I, and actually to piggyback on that, somebody else asked, you know, what, about the, uh, the final five and, you know, is there a team that we should be concerned about, you know, being pesky or whatever. 
I guess you could look at both of those questions kind of being similar. What do you guys think? Well, for pesky teams, I still think it's Denver. Um, they, they've just been snake bit by this team for what the last three or four years. Maybe, well, actually, you know, over Lucia's whole career, Denver just seems to beat us a lot. So that's a team I don't think they'd want to face in the final five or, you know, in a regional. Yeah, I mean, if you look how it's kind of shaking out, I mean, I don't know, not that North Dakota's locked into the number four spot, but I mean, I don't see any of the teams behind them catching them. And, um, you know, they could definitely, you know, you know, mathematically jump over Denver, but it would take Denver kind of, you know, not doing very well at Omaha, where I think they're going to get at least a couple points, which would lock them into third place. So, um, you know, it looks like, I mean, if the top seeds hold out and I mean, there's a lot of ifs and buts there, but I mean, you could get to a situation on Friday where you have, you know, Duluth and Denver in the afternoon and the Gophers in North Dakota at night, which would be off the charts. Awesome. And I hope it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd love to play North Dakota, but again, they've been the best team in the league for the last, you know, two, three months. And, um, you know, you kind of think at some point the wheels might fall off with, you know, the injuries and they just, you, know, you look at the team and it's not the same type of loaded lineup that you're used to seeing with them the last couple of seasons. But I mean, the proof is there. They've won a lot more games than they've lost, but um, you know, again, I don't think there's any of these teams I'm super scared of. I mean, you know, Duluth obviously is, you know, they're the defending champs and they're number one in the pairwise. And, you know, it's certainly looking like that, you know, there's a pretty good chance that Duluth's going to be the number one seed in St. Paul and the Gophers will be the number two seed. And, um, you know, should that happen, you know, again, my only fear with them, I could take losing to Duluth, but if that also means that drunk hockey guy would have, crap talking on everybody in GPL would probably melt down at the amount of <laughs> everything back and forth and blah, blah, blah. But, um, Dude, no, you I mean, have to, you have to quit kissing North Dakota's ass. That's what's going to make the GPL melt down. <laughs> well, I mean, I did pick them to win the league and they're not going to do that. I know, dude, you have to just, you're white knuckling that pick, man. Let I know, but I again, you got to give them credit. The injuries they've had, and everything else, and to be as dangerous as any team in the league at the end of the year. I mean, again, I don't you have to give them any credit. Okay, well, <laughs> hey, I would love nothing more than to get another shot at them at the final five. And um, you know, they've ended our season a handful of times, and if we can, you know, hopefully get them there, it'd be sweet to uh, knock them out, and hopefully that sends them on the uh, outskirts of the pairwise, and it effectively ends their season, although not as cool as being them in the NCAA tournament. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, you know, especially if you play a WCHA team and especially if it's, a you know, Duluth or North Dakota, I mean, it's awesome if you play them in the tournament, you know, but it's either going to be really good or really bad because, you know, one team's season's going to end and the other one's going to move on and, you know, the next step could be the Frozen Four. So it's really high risk and really high reward. No, I agree. I give North Dakota credit. They have played much better than I expected them to back in, you know, the November, December range. So, I do to give them some credit. And the other thing that they're, you know, if they're going to be a four seed, they're not going to be in St. Paul because more than likely Duluth's going to be the one seed in that bracket, and they're not, they're going to avoid the, you know, interconference matchups, and so that probably means they're yeah, going but east. they could always move Duluth to well, they Green could, Bay. but it depends upon, of course, where Duluth is as a number one seed, you know. Mm-hmm. So I agree what you're. I see what you're saying. I'm just saying that if Duluth is the number one seed, you know, in St. Paul, they're going to obviously send uh, North Dakota out east somewhere. Well, I think regardless of what happens, uh, everyone's excited. The team, none of us expected the team to, uh, you know, the last weekend of the year have a, a really, really good chance of winning the league title. I mean, I don't remember you guys, we picked them, you know, middle of the pack, you know, was it fourth, fifth, you know, sixth even. I think, and, yeah, I picked them fourth, I and, think. and to see that they're in first, they've been in first the entire season, um, I think it's really positive. I really think the team has started turning things around after these last four years. So, you know, the fact that we're talking about, you know, semifinal matchups, you know, Friday night against the Sioux or whoever, I think that's a really great thing after what our team and our fans have had to suffer the last three or four years. Well, that was the ironic thing for me. Earlier in the week, Goon was giving me some grief about not giving North Dakota enough credit. And I'm like, well, if anything, I underestimated my own team too much based on where they are in the standings now. And I actually gave North Dakota the proper credit because I think I picked them like around third place or something like that. So so there, Goon. (laughs) Well, I was going to try to get Chuck Schwartz on. You know, I saw him pop up on Skype for a second there, but then he disappeared. So apparently he's just afraid of us or something. Uh, I think he's probably celebrating uh, 
They're going for basketball, losing in Madison, I think. I don't oh, know. geez. Who cares? It's basketball. Fire oh. Tubby. That's all I got to say. I agree. He's terrible. Any other thoughts on this weekend, guys? Nothing too much. Just hope that we uh, have our guys posing with the trophy uh, one of those nights. Will you be there this weekend, Hammy? I don't know for sure. Come Uh, on. I don't know. We'll have to see. I know I'll be at Mariucci tomorrow night more than likely to watch uh, high school sections, Mm -hmm. but I don't know about this weekend. We'll see. Okay. Cardinal, I'm sure you'll be there on Saturday in Rube mode, won't you? Uh, Saturday Ziffy with the, uh, oh. with the youngster in tow, it makes it a little bit tougher. So kind of got to pick our spots. So Friday for sure. And then, uh, Saturday we'll kind of see what ends up being on the line and, uh, proceed from there. And, uh, I assume you'll be on with PA this week after the combines and not being on last week. Yeah, that, uh, that is my assumption. I usually, uh, kind of get the word on Wednesday afternoon. So, but yeah, I would, uh, I would assume so. And, of course, you can follow Ryan at Ryan Cardinal on Twitter, and you can also follow Hammy on Twitter, at Hammy Hockey. Well, that does it for this week's GPL podcast. You know, we'll be back next week to review the Wisconsin series and hopefully celebrate a McNaughton Cup and WCHA champs. And, obviously, we'll preview the WCHA playoffs next week, so make sure you tune into that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. 